Welcome back to the 100 Words Podcast. You're with Brian and Iris. You are back for another week. Can you believe a week flew by? I cannot believe it. And uh, we are so glad to be with you for another episode. So remember, 100 Words is here to help you heal yourself. This is what we're doing. Really, all we're helping you do is remember what everybody has forgotten. Iris, can you give our warm welcome in German to our global viewers, please? Aber sicher. Hallo, guten Morgen und ich wünsche euch allen einen schönen Tag und enjoyed den Podcast. And that is Iris, our psychic medium, holistic therapist, accomplished musician, nurse, mother, extreme coffee addict. Some people said they want to hear more about me, so I'm going to make you a deal for those people listening right now. What I'm going to do this coming uh, week or two is I'm going to sit for a short video and... Uh, you guys can see what I'm all about. So, I've, you know, people are like, who the hell's Brian, though? We hear about a lot about Iris. So I will do that for you. I promise. That was some feedback we got uh, through a couple of our channels. We're joining you from the new Healing Center. You've heard about it. Not the first time. Beautiful Kingston, Pennsylvania in our studio. And, uh, you know, eventually we'll see people by appointment. And if you're ever in the Pennsylvania, New York area, let us know so you can stop by and see this. All right. Quick, small disclaimer. Everything we talk about today and forevermore on the podcast is no substitute for medical attention. If you're sick, seek the help of a qualified medical professional. Iris, what are we talking about today? Well, we have this beautiful resistance, detachment, and attachment. Oh, God. This yeah. is a tough one. Yeah, that is very tough. How, how, how about if we start off by talking about something that leads to either, let's call it either resistance or obsession or chasing. We talked about labels. And that is flow. Let's start and take a minute. Will you please introduce us to the concept of flow in the universe, just as a general kind of idea? <laughs> the flow by himself, yeah, it's all energy, absolutely. And everybody knows that already. So the energy flow comes actually from angels, guides. They, they all help us to have a flow, the flow of life. Okay, so, so. you're breathing, you're flowing. Flowing, yeah. And then... What do we do as humans? By the way, a little quick editorial commentary. In, in fact, in an episode that is coming, uh, a series of episodes that are going to be launching, actually next, the next episode after this one will be the beginner's guide to, this, to the universe and mm -hmm. some, some spirits uh, and how to start identifying. It'll be the first of a multi-part series. But in any case, why don't you explain to us this idea of, first, of resistance and how it defines in the flow and how going against the flow can... Start off with being so disruptive in life. Yeah, well, resistance is something where you don't have a flow. Absolutely not. So that means you are going on the brakes and you're like, nope, I'm not doing this. So meaning of you resist family members, food, um, that could be millions and thousands of things. Okay. So friendship, whatever it is. So relationships, things. Mm -hmm. When I resist, let's, let's put it, now this is a, a weird concept. So people... If you're wondering, let's put a let's put a numerical now. Now, Iris, you know I'm kind of an engineer, a scientist, and yep. a numbers guy, and I'm you know, let's let's pretend we were to resist a factor of fifty against something in the universe that is happening, whether it's happening to us, whether we feel it's we're a victim of it. That's a whole nother concept. We'll talk about yep. the victim mentality. Mm -hmm. But if it, if I resist something fifty times fifty x. What kind of resistance will the universe serve right back to me? How exactly the same thing, because then you don't get it. Absolutely not, because when you resist, you resist. So, so they have not a chance. They try maybe to help you, but when you are on your resistance way, then you are done. Right. So I resist 50 times. I'm going to get 50 mm -hmm. times worth of resistance right back to me. Correct. If I resist 100 times, same 
it'll same so thing, it's an equal math. The more I resist, the more the universe resists me right back, and the more mm-hmm. out of flow I become. Okay. All right, let's talk about this idea, just introducing the idea of the opposite. It, it sounds funny, but the opposite of resistance is what? Attachment. attachment. Talk a little bit about attachment. Well, attachment is something where you cannot let go of. So you're hanging on. It doesn't matter what it is. There are so many things where you can be attached to also a human or your house or, you know, many things. And we live day in and day out, especially mm-hmm. here in, uh, well, no, I'm not even going to say just here. I'll say Western cultures, Western cultures spend an infinite amount of time attached to material things. Correct. Our, our, am, am, uh, raise your hand. You're driving in your car. Raise your hand. Confess to me right now. I can't see you. Nobody can see you, by the way. But if you have, you know, have an attachment to certain material things, right? Oh, uh, my, yeah. hand is, my hand's up. I'm, 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 not, I'm not denying. I have... Sometimes had, and then you've reminded me how to detach from that and stop doing that. But Mm -hmm. so we have attachment, which is the the opposite in the universe of resistance. Resistance Mm -hmm. is I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. And attachment is I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. So these things travel together in the universe. Yes, absolutely. That's what they do. But the thing is, you know, as more attachment you have, the worse is your life is getting in this way too. So it's an attachment to food, to your, like I said, to friends, family members. And when somebody is dying, then this attachment to this person is going. And that's why we are flipping out. So we grieve. So that's what that is. That's one thing when somebody dies, the attachment is to mom, to dad, or to a good friend. So that's what we do. Would you expect people to be attached uh, in someone passing that they love? Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's a natural kind of thing. Yeah, but the thing is, if you cannot let go, then you make this person earthbounded. So the person has not a chance to go up where they belong to. Oh, no. Now, now you're into the realm of the universe. So no, we're, we're, we are in the realm. Hold on a minute that, now. Hold on. You just, blew, you just blew some people's mind. Hold yeah. on. Let's back up a second. We're going to have to dig into that one more than, more than okay, in, mm-hmm. in, in a minute. Okay, in a minute. But um, before we do, let me ask, let me at least present this idea that most of our attachment, uh, we'll talk about grief and the death of a loved one because that deserves obviously a minute. But let me just let me just point something out about resistance and about um, and about attachment. They are hinged upon a mythical storytelling that we are all so, so good at. I am and I know people are good storytellers. They tell stories about why they need a thing. I need this because blank. I want this because blank. I don't mm-hmm. want that. I don't I don't want I do want. So there's a lot of really clever storytelling that people are doing. I want you to catch yourself storytelling. I want you to catch yourself making up a story that is so believable that you repeat so often around either resisting or attaching to something. I want you to start to catch yourself in this process, it's a tremendously, uh, I guess it's it's an energy reducing, flow disrupting process. Yeah, absolutely. And over time, these stories become believable. Mm-hmm. You stop remembering that you made them up, mm-hmm. that they're fabricated. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll talk more about that. Later, we'll talk about uh, the past, present, and future because they're all hinged in various yep, kinds. Yeah, belongs all together. Yeah. Let's talk about the death of a loved one. Now, assume that not everyone understands. Let's make an assumption. Talk about the, the, the movement of our soul because people need a little orientation to this. Some mm-hmm. people will. Why don't you introduce people and guys, put your coffee down for a minute. 
Because if you don't know about, so this is all about incarnating life and moving through. So correct. take so, us through a tutorial. Yeah, normally it isn't this way that when we die, our soul is going up into the universe. That is the normal procedure. And this is where we will have maybe um, another life. So that's up to, and that has, like I said, nothing to do with religion. So fact is that when you hold somebody so close to your heart and you have such an attachment that you cannot let go of this person, the soul stucks. So it's earthbounded. So that's why we know for a fact that when you have an old house and there is maybe the old spirit in there so meaning of somebody was holding on and holding on and holding on and the spirit had no way to go up to the light so which is sad so this is where we are coming in and we are trying to send them back into the light do you want to talk about death a little bit do you want to this is a very very interesting very interesting also very touchy subject for most people it is absolutely why don't you do something daring on the podcast, why don't you explain what happens spiritually to us at the end of this life? I said the word this. I didn't say the life or one life, but this life. Take us through what is supposed to happen in a natural way in the universe. Okay, so what normally is happen, the soul is going up into the universe and you become an orb. So meaning off you have a different body, it's actually light it's round it has many colors in there and that's what you become because you could be also a guide or you help others again so there is a procedure you you learn and that is what we do on earth too we're going here to school right so and that is what the soul has to do too getting all the memories back what was happened uh, look down what did you do you know, but it's not as people think there is one person sitting there and saying, oh, you were so bad and you are going on hell. So, no, that's not the case because Earth is hell. Actually, <laughs> if you think about Hold it, no. <laughs> yes, but it is. Look what's going on in the world. So, yeah, that is, we say it's like hell, okay. like hell. And uh, But when you go into the universe, that is a totally different story. Right, so. let, let's talk about the role of Earth for a second. And mm-hmm. it's okay. It's all right. Here it is. You are, so what you're saying, Iris, is we're going to travel through life. Okay? Yep. Life on Earth. Now, mo- most people, many, many people believe that that's it. That's, that's, you're mm-hmm. just, you're just, you are your life and you're done after that. But in reality, what no. happens is you're coming back again. And mm-hmm. not only again, but again mm-hmm. and again. Again mm-hmm. and again and again. Let me mm-hmm. talk about something called karma, and let me talk about the lessons that we learn, right. and why you called this place hell. This is not a religious reference. I want to no. emphasize this, no, but no, it's no, a no, convenient. No. It's a convenient word. It's a word, nothing else. Now, now let me explain how this is actually completely reversed from what people generally no. believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me try it. Let me try it. You correct me if I get it right or if I get it wrong. When you incarnate, you have certain lessons that you have chosen before you came Mm -hmm. to learn. Mm -hmm. You've chosen them. Absolutely. You may or may not learn them, Iris. You may make mistakes. You may ignore. And you do them again and again. And you do Mm -hmm. them again and again. And Mm -hmm. if you don't learn the lesson this time, Mm -hmm. what happens? You You come come back back and Mm -hmm. you're going to learn it again. Uh, Exactly. And again until you learn it. And those are Mm -hmm. called incarnations. Now... This is now in between these so-called incarnations, and we'll talk about something called the Great Lab, the Earth Lab. We'll talk about that, but (laughs) in between these incarnations is a beautiful thing. You 
in a non-judgmental way, you evaluate your experience in mm -hmm. the previous life, mm -hmm. right? You have help yep. doing it. Absolutely. You are guided. You are then given some guidance on what lessons to pick, hopefully that you'll pick up on in the next life. But it's not a court. You're not being judged guilty. It is not that. No. It is a beautiful experience where... Now you're probably Quite. wondering. Let's take the let's take most people now. <laughs> they're sitting in their cars and they're saying, "What the shit? <laughs> what the shit? How do you know this?" Let me tell you the deepest, darkest secret, Iris. They don't know this. I'm going to tell them now. Okay. There, this knowledge you already know it. It is. It's correct. Don't spit your coffee out. You already know it. In fact, almost everything we talk about on this podcast. You'd be shocked to know you already know it, but you forgot it. Now, Iris, when they go up and into this spirit world mm -hmm. and they learn their lessons and how they did, when they come back, it is necessary for us to all forget about it, right? Yes. We call that a veil of secrecy. It has different names. Right. The question that people are asking is, that's, here, I'll give you the question that everyone that is first hearing this is now saying. You want to hear it? Mm-hmm. That all sounds very convenient, Brian. Now, it just magically we forget all about it. Would you please explain that further? How is it that it's just so convenient that I don't remember all these things? And, you know, why is it that, that uh, the universe has made me forget about it? Why is that? Because we don't want to remember. We don't. That's also a resistance where you say, no, I cannot remember. But to say that, we have millions of people, they say to me all the time, I have a deja vu. So I know, I know this place and I don't know why. Or I'm moving into a house and this house is familiar to me. I know this house. So why is that? They cannot put their finger on it, but they know. And we all do. It has a memory. So we all have a memory lane. We know exactly somehow, wait a minute, I had a situation. I knew the situation. I know this house and I don't know why. Um, I'm sitting here with all my friends, and I had this moment before. Where is this coming from? Okay. So, so here's two questions. Let, yeah. let me first take you back <clears throat> to something that you kind of dropped a little bit of a, a... First, let me talk about the deja vus. Is it a true statement to say that there is no such thing as a coincidence? Correct. Life? There's no Correct. such thing no, as coincidence. No, no thing. No, absolutely not. But people think they're just coincidences. They think, yeah, well, but this word, I'm not using this ever. Ever. No. Mm -mm. So let's talk about another word called synchro destiny. Um, or so synchro destiny being things that are presented, a path, uh, an event that happened, again, that you remember mm -hmm. magically. You remember. Mm -hmm. This is no accident. You need no. to be paying close, close attention. Attention, yeah. Here's your homework. Start reframing. No more coincidences. Things that are happening to you are happening in many, 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 many cases. There are no coincidences. So watch these things that seem to be causing you to say, wait a minute. I remember that. Why do I remember that? How do I remember that? And but you also talked about resistance when it comes to remembering and mm -hmm. how how hard it would be if let's say we had lived 20 which is not a very high number 20 previous lives okay let's say we made the same mistake over and over and over again mm -hmm. and we come back again for number 21 and we knew about all that and this is why we are we are being asked and guided to forget all this you mm -hmm. said it causes a lot of resistance mm -hmm. we would spend right our whole lives thinking resisting wondering why thinking about all those past lives right correct so this veil of secrecy is done on purpose and it's a design to help you 
have what I refer to, and again, Iris, I speak in like layman's terms, but <laughs> as, a, as a fresh start. You come back to Earth and you're given a fresh start to try again. Again. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So we got off topic. Let's talk about uh, death and dying. Let's yeah. talk about grieving. Well, the, the grieving procedures, I mean, that is normal. Okay. So, of course, when my mom died, I was sad, very, very sad and mad with the universe like heck. But this is a procedure to let go. So that is a problem what many people have to to let go. So, but instead of saying, hey, I celebrate your life because you gave me life. You are my earth mom. So I'm happy that I'm here and I will miss you, but you are still a part of my life because it's in the genes, you know, you, you have everything. So instead of celebrating the life, what we do is we go in in the sad mode and then we cannot, sometimes we cannot even get out of this. We're so sad because of the separation. Of the separation, it's the scary. detachment. Scary, yeah. So yeah, and we resist that. We don't want to, <clears throat> sorry, we don't let go of mom or dad or of our best friend, even the animals, same thing. We say, oh my God, my dog, and I want him back, and why, and why, and why? <clears throat> so the question is continuously there, and you build assistance and attachment, and you cannot let go of it. But if we sit down and we say to ourselves, look, I have this problem that my mom is missing an action here. My mom was always there. My dog was always there, my dad. So now I have to let go. I know they are in a better place because maybe they were very sick, example-wise. Yeah. So then we have to let go. It hurts, but we have to let go. And may we now... <coughs> it's okay. Cough it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's have a all frog right. in my throat. May we, may we now share with you we're going to talk about the beginner's guide to the universe that's coming but let me just tease you with something that may not sit that well with some people this may not sit that no well. of course I'm, not i'm gonna i'm gonna try it when people when people die it mm -hmm. is a very very scary thing for a human that is not maybe not fully aware of some of the universal laws in that you feel like it is over you no longer have that relationship it is terminated which is actually and here comes put your coffee down again it's completely false Correct. Nothing is terminated. Nope. At all. Not at all, no. Wait a minute, Iris, they're denying it. They're saying, no, no, my dog died. They're not here anymore. I loved her and she's gone and you're making luck. We're not, no. no. You are totally remaining, totally connected. But Iris, what is blocking people from knowing that connection? What is blocking people? That is sometimes tough to say. Right now, I would say, you know, that we have this resistance and we think it's done and over with. We are terminated. There is nothing else. It's not true. We only change our energy. So is the dog. We are changing the energy. The animals are doing the same thing. So, and I know that my beanie is always around. I know that because I feel her. Because I'm sure that many people have that situation where you think, ooh, there is something on my foot. But there this is, is the nothing. Dog, the deceased it's dog, the dog yes, or the yes. cat or the whatever cat. it is. Yes. So where you think, wait a minute, my, my foot is getting warm or I have a hole in my bed, you know, in my blankie. And I know that was the space where the dog was always there or the cat. So, yeah, but it's still there. The energy is there. They change the body going into energy. And that's all what we are anyways. We are energy. Say it again. We are energy. Right. And this leads to a very, very difficult concept to grasp. So we will say it 10,000 times. 
But if you start to come to an acceptance that we exist only as energy, by the way, your body is nothing more than cells vibrating as energy, okay? Right. And this has been discussed many, many times. And there is energy all around us that you can't see. Um, a good example would be a, you know, a simple law of gravity. I've used that example in the past where you don't see gravity, do you? Look around. Do you see gravity? Well, sure you do. You see things sticking to the earth, but you don't, you don't know that when you let go of that ball in your hand that for sure it's going to fall, do you? But it does anyway, right? <laughs> right. Point being, energy is, 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 is really, it's, the whole world is just a collection here of energy. I want to talk about the earth lab in a minute, but I also wanted to highlight one more thing. You, Iris, taught us something on previous episode that I want to remind everybody about, a way to help let go how you suggested this, and you may not even know what, what's about to come out of my, but I think you probably do, and that is write your deceased cat or dog a long, loving long letter. letter. Yeah. Long. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, lo- write your deceased mother, hundred cousin, friend, pages, 100 whatever. pages, mm-hmm. tell them everything, all the things mm-hmm. you couldn't tell them in life, tell mm-hmm. them everything, and I'm going to give you the address right now to send that letter. And that address is light it up and burn it. Burn right. it down. Burn Give it, it completely. Back. Give it back. Let mm-hmm. the universe deliver that for you. You right. can do that tonight. You can do that. And what you're saying, Iris, is that by releasing and not resisting the, the separation, by accepting it mm-hmm. and then releasing this resistance, you are permitting and helping that soul move into the next place. Correct. And that you're saying that people that hold on to this grief and cannot let go and maybe there's a level of it you know people are saying you don't understand you do not understand brian and iris how sad i am and how close but you're saying i do you do (laughs) i do yeah but they're holding those souls back from transitioning so we have a responsibility to permit them absolutely that is a responsibility do it with a letter Burn a letter and then do it again mm-hmm. tomorrow with another letter and do it the one after that and one after that and, and keep keep doing it if that's what it takes and uh, send your letter in uh, and, and, and then start to come to a belief that you can speak to them, you can talk to them and we'll talk more about that as Absolutely. we go. That, that's, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this place called Earth. I just want to bring this out. This was a real struggle when I first started. Hang on, let me take a sip. <laughs> yeah, here's water. I have coffee. Okay, <laughs> she's got her coffee IV. There's a general notion. I'm not going to use hell or, or heaven or anything like that. Let's let's put them uh, those labels aside because you hate labels. Okay, um, let's go ahead and talk about what Earth actually is. Well, Earth is a, as you said, a place to come learn. What do you mean? It's like a school, uh, a yeah. laboratory. Yep. The energy on Earth is, would you say, fairly dense energy, um, heavy energy, mm-hmm. right? Right. We have 7.8 billion brothers and sisters that we are trying to show love and compassion and empathy towards and welcoming them to show it towards us. But does that always happen? No, absolutely not. In fact, no. sadly in, to say, but no. In, in current <clears throat> time, it's not happening much. No, um, no, have, we forget. We for, so we forgot that mm-hmm. we were supposed to, but... What we want you to remember is that you're supposed to be showing that love. By the way, by showing love to your fellows on Earth, your other, the others, you will receive it in kind, just so we're clear on that. Correct. It perfect, comes always back. It's yeah. a perfect equation. Yeah. But Earth is a learning place, not... School. It's mm-hmm. a school. So yep. we aren't floating our way through simple, floaty, float, happy, everything... <laughs> um, 
Are we supposed to be happy all the time on Earth? No, you cannot be always happy, but we can work on that together. Okay. You know, and that's why if we would do all that, there would be no wars, there would be no no crises. Everything would run a little bit different. But people don't think sadly in this way. No. But people Sadly. can change. Individuals. Absolutely. Like Individuals. You. Yes, they can change. Of course, every day you can make a difference in the world. But people are wondering in their cars saying, some people are saying, I don't think one, me is one out of 7.8 billion can legitimately make a difference, Iris. Wrong, can one. Wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Tell us more. Yeah, because you can change and you can help other person and. That has to be, you know, your neighbor or your friend, whatever. But we can do that. One person can change many things. So it's in the energy. It's in your energy if you want to do that. So, of course, you have it in you. And then you help others. It's like that's why we had a Mother Teresa. She did everything for everybody, right? So she is very popular. But there's also Gandhi. And there, there are so many people which did so many good and got very barely something back. Right. But they were giving people. You just hit something incredible, an attachment. Let me let me say it in just single human terms. Let's come out of the 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 the, the let's just <laughs> talk about regular people that are upon earth as you and I are and having this experience. Many, many times people will do something nice for another person out of love. But they will expect, they will be attached to something in return. Expectation, that Ex is a wonderful word. Expectation. Yeah, there is the expectation, yeah. Which Absolutely. Is a, a I give you attack. something, you give something to me. Right. So if you don't do that, you are an idiot. So this is the mentality what we have. It's uh, quid pro quo in Latin, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. And then you're attached to it. Now maybe I want to point out something that we will talk about on this show. We will talk about conscious mm -hmm. and unconscious. Now you're probably hey. sitting, you're sitting there saying... I I never expect anything in return. Uh, I, I give and, and no one ever thanks me and I'm never. But in reality, sometimes the feelings that we talk about here are not maybe forefront and conscious, but rather more unconscious. So maybe when you're giving your time, you're secretly saying or you're unconsciously saying to yourself, I need recognition. I need to be told I'm doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And that creates an attachment, right? Correct. All right, yeah. I have an exercise for Right people. from the beginning. Right from There's the beginning. right the attachment, yeah. I was taught an exercise, which I gives me tremendous satisfaction to do this. And I challenge you, listening, to try this. And this is, and if you come to the Healing Center, by the way, you'll see a quote from uh, John Bunyan. Now, you're like, who's John Bunyan? He had a quote, and I'm going to probably hack it up a little, but it's, it's sitting here in writing, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, no day is complete. This is a variation. It's not exactly quoting, but no day is complete until you do something for someone that they cannot possibly thank you for. So do something out of love for someone, and I'm going to give you a very concrete example of this. We all find ourselves in public every single day. You're in the grocery store. You're in the pharmacy. You're at work. You're at school. You're at your job. You're at home with your kids, with your dogs. You're in a public situation, a train station. Let me use the train station, for example. I challenge you to try this and see how it makes you feel about love and being able to experience no expectation. I'll show you. Walk down the aisle of the, the, the grocery store or walk down... Uh, walk down the hall of the train station and pass hundreds of people that you do not know. 
Normally, what do we do? We're on our phones. We're totally ignoring. We're even trying actively to shut people out. We want to be in our own little bubble. That's all fine and good. But here's my challenge to you. I want you to look at someone and I want you to send some gratitude or a prayer for health to them specifically. Look right at them. And you don't know their name. You don't know who they are. And you may never see them again. But send a prayer of gratitude right to them with your mind right there. They can't possibly thank you. They will never know you sent it. It's not possible. There is no possibility that you will ever be thanked for that. But I want you to experience the feeling of it. Maybe you thank them. Maybe you wish them luck. Uh, There are other ways to do it. You could, of course, pay it forward. We hear about that a lot. Mm -hmm. I actually believe that that simply sending a prayer of love to somebody can be as powerful, if not more so, than buying them a coffee. By the way, I've done both. I've done, you have too. Of course, absolutely. But anyway, try sending silent gratitude or love or a prayer. You have no idea what people are going through. You look at somebody who... Look, if we pass a homeless person mm-hmm. in a train station, that's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious that, okay. Yep. But you walk by someone, let's say you walk by someone on the train station and you know they look miserable or they're, they're clearly they're hassled and you know, immediately you get a bad vibe and maybe, maybe even you start resisting and saying, you know, you, you seem like a real jerk and I would never want to talk to you. But instead, flip it and send them a message. Say, look, I don't know what you're going through. But I hope that it works out for the best and, and we have a, a, a term. Are you ready to learn a term? Most people, maybe some listening know it, but I, it's a very convenient way to describe this, what you're wishing. It's called a most benevolent outcome. outcome yep. Okay. Also known as an MBO. MBO. An MBO. So MBO, by the way, in business, there's other things. It's, you know, we use, but, but in terms of the spirit, the MBO is saying, hey, I wish for you to have whatever the most benevolent outcome is that person's walking around say with a sickness of some kind of sickness Mm -hmm. maybe they found out today they had cancer maybe they found out today that their loved one has cancer you simply can blanket it by saying i wish for you silently i wish for you a most benevolent outcome in whatever situations circumstances you are you are finding yourself in right now i wish that to you and you keep on walking and that is the best example of detached love you could ever experience. Am I right? That's correct. Absolutely. 100%. Well, that's very good. So, yeah, but still, you know, when we have persistence and we have this as the topic, and I don't want to go away from that because there is millions of people which are resisting everything. They have a resisting. It's unbelievable. Why? It's the resistance even to get help. It's the resistance to change, resistance to move on. They don't want to do that. And we have this right now in so many people. It's, I mean, I was, I do my food shopping every Friday. I'm a German citizen. That's how I do that. So Fridays is my shopping day. And, is that uh, a state mandated thing That is a statement, in yes. So, no, but I'm, I'm having, you know, um, a thing which I do once a week. And I'm going into my favorite food store. And even I dislike to go food shopping. But it's so funny how people are standing there and they have discussions. So it is on the deli counter or wherever you stand and you have to wait, right? You're in line. So here it goes. It's like, oh man, and here we are in line again and there is no food. So this food thing, what we have right now, it, it is a disaster, absolutely. Okay. But people put their energy in the resistance to make things better. So how's this working? So like I said, they're standing in line and then it goes. So the one guy said in front of me on Friday, 
this is ridiculous. There is not my favorite ham. There is not my favorite bologna. There is not this. There is not that. So here goes the negativity. And we have this attachment to our special. Our bologna. Bologna. But everybody so, has an attachment to their own bologna. Yeah, of course we all do. We like <laughs> food, right? So from bratwurst, uh, schnitzels, whatever. So, but anyways, so, but they started the, the chain where the, per, the one person was in a good mood. And then she turned and said to the guy, are you done now? Are you, are you done complaining? These people, they have no choices. They get what they get. And this is what is available. So that was positive, right? So this guy started getting mad. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to be corrected. He had a resistance. He has his attachment he to story. his baloney. He's going to stick to his story. He stick to his story. And he was miserable. And it went on and on. And then I said to the lady, I said, you know what? He has maybe a shitty day. Okay. So, and I said to the guy, I feel very sorry for you, but I hope tomorrow your day is better. God bless you. Okay. He didn't know what to do. He was standing there. He stared at me and he said, you are saying what to me? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I repeated myself. And he looked again and he said, you are blessing me? And I said, yeah. Do you want me to bless your baloney too? <laughs> and he looked at me and he got the hint. And then he's like, you know what? You're right. I oh man, what did, what did I say here? So it came back to him because I wished him, you know, something totally different. And he looked and he's like, yeah, I think I do hear something wrong. I apologize. Why didn't you get your back up and just start jumping on like everybody does? I mean, we're all guilty of it once in a while. Why didn't you start in and start in with the negativity and no, why on. would I do that? It's his baloney, not my baloney. <laughs> well, his ham, not my ham. Um, no, but you can correct absolutely, but do it in a nice way. Okay. You know, bless the person which is miserable because we don't know why the heck he is miserable. So as you said before, we don't know what's going on with them, but we can be nice. Okay. So we correct, but we do it in a nice way. Can we talk about the general, you mentioned it, the general state in which most people exist in, let's say in public and in other ways mm -hmm. too, is a state of resistance in that we are almost like always competing to uh, get to be first, to get done, have more, make more, make earn more. Nothing is enough. Nothing yeah. is enough. Nothing is and enough. It's, it's hard. It's hard mm -hmm. in this earth school. I know. Because we were all raised to, you know, get what we, so we all need to feel like we need to fight fight fighting fight for what we need right this yeah we, but it's not necessary it's not right because the thing on it is if you really think about it if you would have a war right now people would have to learn to live with that what maybe a farmer has to offer so we right now have everything in the stores but still it's not enough because the favorite yogurt is not there the favorite butter is not there so the marmalade whatever so that's not okay. So we have to rethink. I mean, the people in the food store, they cannot change that. They get what they get, and this is what we can buy, right? Right. So, but if you would have a war, so like my grandparents went through all that, yeah, there were no eggs. There was nothing to buy in a store because there was nothing really available due to the war. So you can make out of eggs many, many other meals uh, or out of ground beef or from a chicken, whatever you have available. So, but what we do is, oh, I cannot get my steak. What the hell am I doing now? So now my bratwurst is not available. Holy crap, the world is falling apart. 
um, that is an attachment to food, number one, which we can solve very easily too. But there is no gratefulness for that, what we have. Instead of saying, okay, thank you, there is still yogurt. It's only not um, Danone and I'm having now uh, whatever yogurt. XYZ. XYZ, yeah, doesn't matter. So, but this is the mentality what we have. We have our attachments. If this is food, if this is a car, whatever it is, it's always attachment, attachment, attachment. I think the exercise, again, let's try to give something. It's in resistance. So, so. If you're at, let's say you're at the supermarket and they don't have your bologna right. and you're really <laughs> effing pissed off because you know yep. it's the bologna you like and you're not used to this other mm-hmm. and you don't even know. The exercise, which is a difficult one for a lot of people, is to take a step back and simply look around and say, I am grateful in this current right. time mm-hmm. that I can come to this grocery store and there is abundance. By the way, that's a word I love, the word abundance. And um, prosperity, yeah. And prosperity. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when I say abundance and prosperity, I don't mean a billion dollars in your bank account. No, that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about you're going to a grocery store and there's food on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And you can, you're eating. You're not starving. You're, not, you're able to afford to feed you and your family with what is available, whatever it is. Right. And uh, my challenge to you is to either catch someone doing it while you're standing there. You don't have to participate, but see it. Or um, catch yourself doing it, which is a bit harder. can be very hard to do. And change your thinking. Simply say, you know what? I am grateful for the abundance that I've been given. I'm I'm humbled by it. And I don't need to resist the fact that my favorite XYZ is not here right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a cultural problem, right? It is, absolutely. It's a world problem, right? Because we are used to it, absolutely. But the thing is, you know, there is right now this issue and okay, but we can deal with it instead of making a monster out of it. So that is the same in other stories, you know, oh, I cannot get shoes, I cannot get that. That's absolutely not true. It's maybe not that it's your brand, what you are using. So, I mean, a name is a name. It doesn't matter to me. But for other people, if this is not a Reebok um, and not a Nike, well, then the world is going down under. So we that's not a, okay. We attachment. Have a, we have an incredible attachment as a society to, ma- to material goods. Oh, yeah. Not only to that. That's also you have attachments, like we said before, to people or to a house, our homes. So and if we have to make a change, we don't want to have a change. So when you don't want to have a change, you make your attachment more worse. Yes. So you cannot let go of the past or you cannot let go of uh, friendship. Even the friendship is shitty right now, but still we are holding on. Oh, I know this person 40 years. Guess what? No, I have to hold on. And this person could be very mean or has not even an interest. And we are uh, touching. We cannot let go. So, and that is not okay. We have to step back and say, hey, look, okay, uh, you don't want me anymore. Why do we hold on? For what purpose? Because we are used to that person. That person is around for 40 years. So I had this with a friend of mine. We know each other since we are little. And um, so, and then I moved over to the States. She stayed in Germany, of course. And, uh, but then it went less and less that we communicated. And I was very upset about it. And I said to myself, wait a minute, whoa, we have to change here something. So I called her continuously every single weekend. I called her, I said, hey, I want to check on you. How are you? How are you doing? I miss you. You're my best friend. 
And then she said to me, you know what, I was here so far away and sorry, but this is not for me. And she hanged up on me. It was heartbreaking because I knew her for 38 years. So here the friendship went bye-bye. And I said to myself, okay, it's sad. Yes, it hurts me. Absolutely. But can I change this? No, I can't. So with that, I'm living in the US. She's living in Germany. And with that, maybe she was never a friend of mine. So I started questioning my whole friendship with her because that was after two years I was gone from Germany. So and I said to her, I wrote her a letter and I sent this letter and I said to her in this particular letter, I'm so sad. I love you still. I wish you all the best in the world. But obviously we were never friends then. And so have a good life and, you know, take care of your kids. And that was the end of the story. I never heard from her. One word. So, but I had to step back and say, okay, I can attach myself and I'm holding on to that because I know her 38 years. Or I say to myself, okay, thank you. Thank you that you were my friend at this time, but actually you were not a friend. Goodbye. And I chose to say goodbye because it makes no sense to hold on to it. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough cookie. Absolutely was my best friend, but... It is what it is. So I lost people in all these years when I was here. I couldn't go to a funeral. You know, we we go and we say goodbye. Um, I didn't have this in 15 different cases where I couldn't go home. And, well, you have to detach yourself and say, hey, you are up there. I know, you know, we are in the light. We can still talk. And that's what I did. And I wrote my letters. Yes. And with that, that work that helped me to grieve about that one. Okay. So many issues. Is, I think your point is in, in, in a lot of situations, it's not just simply baloney. We're no. talking about more serious things in life. Yeah, there's more towards it. Yeah. yeah. So we can write letters and burn them. We mm-hmm. can send real letters. We can journal. Yeah. These are ideas. We can, That's important to journal. We can meditate. Mm-hmm. I'd like to share another thing about... Um, Again, we come back to moment periods of silence. I want to emphasize that you'll hear this on every, not, not some, but every single episode, we will talk about this, just so you know. So don't worry. If you don't remember it, you'll hear it every episode. But <laughs> how meditation can help. Now, when, when I say meditation, if you don't know much about it, you're probably thinking you have to be a guru and spend 12 hours in a retreat or anything. No. No. no, no. no, no. Let me explain uh, meditation can just be a couple of minutes of silence where you're just watching the stories come and go in your mind, the stories that we all create. And uh, when we talk about resistance, we often talk about things that um, actually have literally, and I want to talk about this for a second, These make, making up these stories, and I'll, 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 I'll give you some ideas and how meditation can help. We talk about the past, the present, and the future. I think you referenced it earlier, so now I'm going to mm-hmm. dig in a little bit. There is only one actual moment that exists at this time right now while you're in your car while you're in your house while you're on the train there's only one moment that is currently existing and that moment is the present moment there's no other moment there's no past there's no future nope but what do we do let me tell you about how resistance and attachment are born uh, out of our storytelling we talk about things that happened to us in the past that are long gone we become attached to them. We resist them completely. We we don't want that to happen again. So we tell stories over and over. Nope, I don't want it to happen again. Or I'm, I that happened, and I'm I'm still attached to the bad thing that happened to me. Or we talk about the future. This might happen. I might fall in a hole. I might not make as much money. I might 
have a bad relationship. I might all these bad things that happen. So what do we do? We spend our days attached and resisting the stories of the future that doesn't exist. Zooming. Mm -hmm. And of the past that is already gone. Mm -hmm. And what the universe wants you to know is that you can learn your lessons on earth from things that have happened. Yes, you can learn and, 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 and do better. Maybe there was a time you picked a lower path. We'll talk a lot about free will and paths. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, maybe there was a time you did something that you wish you hadn't done. That's fine, but you must detach from it. This goes back to your story about your friend. Very, 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 very difficult lesson. That had to be among the most difficult lessons, mm -hmm. especially when it involves a loved one, right? Oh, yeah. And, but you had to, to, to detach from it. It did, it did not become part of your story. So no. I'll kind of bring that piece to a close, and here it is. When you are in meditation, think about as your thoughts come racing through your mind, as they do for me and most and Iris, and everyone has these thoughts that race in and out. And a lot of these thoughts are stories about things that are going to happen to us or that already happened to us that we are either resisting or, or detach from. I don't want, I do want... I want you to just learn in a couple of minutes of silence to recognize their stories. That's all. Here's a good example. Can you remember? This is not original, by the way. I'm not taking original credit for this. But can you remember three months, two weeks, five days, and seven hours ago at this moment? Can you remember what, what you were thinking, what your stories were, what you're specifically? I'm not talking generally. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, well, it was, you know, I guess it was, I would have probably been thinking about. No, 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 no. I mean. What were the stories that were racing through your mind, your brain? What were the things that you were totally caught up in at the time? What were you resisting at the time? What were you attached to? And I'm willing to bet you that you can really barely remember. Go back a year. Go back five years. Go back 10 years. Nobody can. Nobody can. <clears throat> and it's an example of the fact that these, these stories, they come, they pass away. They appear and they pass away. Mm -hmm. And so your resistance, which you, you create a story, you can hold on to it as long as you want, but you can also make a choice to detach from it right. and let it disappear let it pass away let it drift off like a wave in the ocean just let it return back in mm -hmm. so i give you that as a challenge when you're sitting in silence uh, in, you know in your car or in your house or whatever take a note of all the thoughts that are rushing in and out of your brain all the stories all the things you're angry about all the things that somebody did to you that you you're just so angry about and say to yourself am i gonna even remember this in a day a week a month a year maybe maybe you will maybe somebody maybe away. some things maybe yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I going to remember I didn't have my bologna at the uh, shopping market? No chance in hell. <laughs> no. You're not going to remember that. No. Am I going to remember a pandemic? I think I'm going to remember pieces of a pandemic. Mm, but I'm sure. But if I challenge you to look back to March of 2020 when the entire world went to lockdown, you know, world event. And, you know, we went through a tremendously difficult time. All of us, every human upon yep. earth went through that. Of course. I know we all generally remember what, but can you remember every detail of all the things without, you know, sitting there or reading your journal? No. No. No, no, no absolutely so not. Your story's passed away. So all the things you're resisting at the time or that you were attached to, many of them have just drifted off. One more example, then I'll go back to you. And here it is. I'll call it material attachment. Have you ever woken up in the morning and been sure you need a thing? A thing. I need this thing. Oh, absolutely. Everybody does. Right. Yeah. I need this new car. I need this new blank. I need this. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Yeah, we, we always want. We always want. And then have you ever had the experience where a month later you accidentally remembered this thing that you, whatever you thought, you didn't get it and you were pissed off about it. And, you, <laughs> and then a month later you remember that you were so passionate about it and you don't even... Remember why you were, or or you got the thing, you got the thing, you you, and then it's just sitting there, 
And you're like, oh, you don't man, need it. I don't know why I got that thing. Mm-hmm. So this is an example of how tra- of how ephemeral. That's a word. Ephemeral. It appears and disappears. That's right. the, what ephemeral means. So, mm-hmm. um, in different, some people may not. So it's like it appeared and it was strong, and then all of a sudden it just dis- just just it off. Mm-hmm. So these yeah. are just some things to keep you going. What else? We yeah. Got? Well, but this is really in that way. So we always want, and that's also something which we can say differently because I'm on the phone with patients and then I want my pills. I want this. I want that. So, and one day I made a joke out of it in the office where I opened up the window and I said, oh, well, KFC, which chicken do you want to have or which pill would you like to have? They looked at me like I'm going bananas. They didn't, they didn't think you were funny, Ira. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, well, some of them, they were laughing, but then others, they got the hint. And then the one lady said to me, she said, oh my God, Iris, what's going on here? And I'm like, well, people have an attachment also to their medications. So that's something funny, but it, it really is. So, and uh, we have- Are you saying oh, they don't need- their they, medicine? There is some people which would be really good without them. I see. But there is the attachment. There is the thought we want. So we want the pills. We want the food. We want, we want, we want. So how about to say, I would like to. So there is a difference how we word things, explain, right? Explain. So when I'm... I mean, okay, so now let's go to the office. Poor Lisa, I'm sorry you hear this again, Lisa. Um, it's it really in this way that people, when they are standing there, I want to see the doctor. I want and I want and I want. So and I said to them, okay, that's great. You have to wait. The doctor is not in yet or whatever the scenario is. And then it's, yep, yeah, but I need to be out of here in 10 minutes. So here comes the need. Now we get needy because we wait 10 minutes and that is far too much. So 10 minutes is a disaster. Half hour, the world goes completely down under and it's a way I need, I want. I need, I want. I'm attached. I'm attached. This is the attachment. It's a story. It's a story. Absolutely. So instead of saying, you know, okay, now I have to wait for the doctor I'm not needy. I'm sitting here and I watch TV or I read a book. Work, or whatever you're doing. Whatever people are doing. So, oh no, after 10 minutes, they're standing back on the window. They're knocking that almost the whole wall is falling over. Where the heck is the doctor? I need to be, I need this and I need that and I want. So that's driving me up the wall. There is no kindness. There is not, hey, Iris, do you know when the doctor is in? Do you yeah. think it's 20 more minutes? Oh, hell no, we are demanding. So we demand the doctor to be there in 10 minutes. That's the longest what I wait in Geisinger. So no, heck, I'm not sitting here. And then I say to the people too, okay, go. Yeah, 10 just, minutes? Just go ahead. Then go ahead. You know, if if this is so important, I thought you were sick. So when I'm sick, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to a doctor, right? Yeah. So no, it's up to 10 minutes. So it goes all I need, I want, and I'm limited. So I limited myself because it's 10 minutes, what I give for the doctor. And this is how the story goes on and on and on. Let me, let me, let me, let me just touch so, on this as well. Yeah. Let me touch <clears> on this as well. We have a big problem in society, which we're all guilty of occasionally, where we assign blame we, we, oh we'll, yeah, we'll, victimhood. We'll talk Blame, about yeah. being victims. We mm-hmm. all. It's okay. To, it's okay to. Let me let me just permit you to not be perfect, okay? Because I know I'm not perfect. Nobody okay? is perfect. It's okay to 
once in a while fall into this victim mentality. It is okay, but if you, you need to catch yourself. But let me illustrate. When you see the guy, I'll start small and easy. When you see the guy putting the produce out in the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know, he's not getting paid an awful lot of money. Chances are, you know, he's not making a lot. He's working his butt off. He has nothing to do <laughs> with the cartons or the pallets of food that show up on so? the dock. Nothing. Mm-mm. He has one job. Put it mm-hmm. out there. Well, because he's on the front line, or in your case, you are on the front line behind the window, mm-hmm. the blame is assigned to you. Mm-hmm. Now, we're all on the giving end of this at the coffee shop or at the doctor's office or at the, at the you name it, any public place, at the school, at work, you name it. We're also we're on the giving end of it, and we're also on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to work on doing is catching yourself, giving it. And watch how you can flip this script. And I just want to emphasize: you pick up the phone and you call. You call some some. Um, this is a good example. You get a you get a hospital bill. No one likes to get a hospital bill. No. Okay, fine. Quest you not. pick up the phone. You call the uh, the billing office. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young a young man answers that is doing his job. He's he didn't send you the bill. He didn't create the sickness. He didn't. He has nothing to do with your insurance. He literally has nothing to do with, do it, with it, except right. he picked up the, the phone because he got paid to do that. I make a habit for the very first thing. I always say this. I might even say, I'm not happy with the situation, but I want you to know whoever I'm talking to, you are not the cause of this. I want you to know I appreciate you're helping me the best you can, mm-hmm. that you are I limited, do the same. right? You're yep. limited in what you can do. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, please do not mistake I understand you are trying to help me. And then you might be upset. Maybe you got a bill for $10,000 that you did. But be, be of, aware, of the awareness now that you are speaking to another person behind right. the deli counter. Which has nothing to do with they it. They have nothing to do no. with it. Iris, you have nothing to do with the schedule of the healthcare professional. You work no. With. You're fine if they're there or they're not yep. there. It's okay. Yep. You don't want people to be unhappy. Right. Here's another thing. We, it's a challenge to you. We all assume, many, many people assume in oh, society, yeah. the following. Mm-hmm. They assume that people are out to uh, get them, that, the, 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 that everyone is <laughs> out to the screw them. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. When the hospital sends you a $10,000 bill, it's hard to break away from that. It is. Mm-hmm. But there is a reason. I don't know what that reason is. Sometimes there's reasons for things we can't possibly understand. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a what you might consider a very bad thing. Maybe... Okay, maybe you got sick and it cost $10,000. That's yeah. terrible. I'm sorry. But the person that you were calling in the billing office. Now, now I hear people in their cars again, Iris. I can hear them. <laughs> they're saying, Me too. Uh, they're saying, you never had, you never, Brian, you never stared down a $120,000 hospital bill from your child who had cancer and they have billed you 120000 That is correct. I have never had to stare that down. But I still stand by the fact that that person you were talking to did not make up the rules, did not cause the sickness. There are other pow- other forces, but yet you are going to call them and say, you, I will not pay this hundred that you guys have a lot of nerve. So, you know, I think just treating people with respect and compassion. Now, if I knocked on your window, okay, mm-hmm. and I said to you, Iris, I want you to know I'm not happy with this situation. This has nothing to do with you, Iris. I know that you have nothing to do with this. Would you be able to let me know how long until my appointment? And then you say, an hour at least. Mm -hmm. And I might say, I'm very, very displeased with that. It's disappointing. It does not fit my schedule. But Iris, 
Thank you for that. I'm very sorry to hear that. But I know this is not your doing. Oh, that would be great. (laughs) Right? That would would be great to hear. Yeah, but no, that's not the case. They didn't get their satisfaction of transferring. But yet, it was a simple gesture. Correct. To do it. And I give you that. I I send you out and, you know, we send you out and say, when you're in the public, try to remember the people that you're talking to didn't make the rules, don't control other people. People, mm-hmm. they have nothing to do with who shows up for work or whether the, the there's enough carrots or whether the doctor is in or whether the hospital is going to send you a hundred thousand dollar bill. Yeah, but look, it's the blame factor. Okay, so we like to blame, and if this is not the person, then we blame the universe. So that is the next thing. So if something is going wrong and it is doesn't matter, doctor, office, uh, food chain, whatever. It's like, you said all this crap, and you have no idea how people are <clears throat> demanding and saying that to the universe. It's all the universe's fault because the universe is not acting up. Really, what are you doing to help the universe to make things happen? So it's not that the universe is sitting there and say, okay, I present you now a new car, Lamborghini, in 20 minutes, but you are doing nothing. You're sitting there, and you're waiting for it that it drops out of the sky, right? So, but this is what people do too. So they think, you know, the universe is producing without an end and we can sit here and have our legs up and have a good day. We're going to talk on an episode about something called the the law of attraction. Attraction. We're going to talk about this. And we're going to actually tell you that in reality, in on earth, you can actually, I know this is hard to believe and you've not, this is not the first time you're hearing this. There is almost no limit to that which you can have. Right. I can hear them in their cars again. Just, no, oh, no. I asked that's for that working. million. I asked for the millions because I'm in debt and it didn't show up. So it doesn't mm, work. Your stupid what a law. Bummer. <laughs> your stupid law. But I'm here to tell you that it won't be the first time you're probably hearing it, but I'm here to tell you you can attract what you want. want. It is mm-hmm. start. Listen to me. It's startling. It's it's startling. But it is not going to show up at your door. Mm-mm. There are things like, and again, we're coming to the end of the episode, so I'm teasing you for the, the Law of Attraction series. There'll probably be more than one, but I'll, I'll just tease you. It, it is not about kicking your feet up and waiting for a million dollars to end up in your bank account. Um, it is about following a path, mm-hmm. learning to understand the signs, using your free will. Correct. Understanding that what you send out, you get back. Uh, understanding that- Good learning. You I did know, right? <laughs> Understanding the difference in the universe between having a thing in your hand and believing that you're going to have it in your hand. They're different things, Mm -hmm. but you would not believe, if you have not heard this before, how powerful the belief that you will have it can be in bringing it to you. I have just teased them. They're like, well, I want to hear more about how to get a million dollars showing up at my front door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to share some of this (laughs) with you guys. All right, we're coming to the top of the hour. What other, any other closing ideas or comments on resistance that you want to Well, make? yeah, try to be not resistant. Don't try to be attached. Try to detach and think really about it, what you are saying to others and how you say it. So as I say always, be kind and be nice. That's yes. what needed in this world right now. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You guys have a couple of ideas out of this podcast, this episode. Number one, showing empathy and compassion towards the frontline people you're facing, whether it's the nurse at the doctor's office, the guy at the grocery store, whether it's the 
uh, the, you know, anybody, no matter who it is, the janitor, I don't care who it is, mm -hmm. understanding that those people probably did not create the situation. They have no idea what your situation probably even is. Learning to send silent gratitude to people. They can't possibly thank you. It's pure. There's no attachment to a response. Mm -hmm. Learning to spot resistance through your studies, through even just being in a situation where you're like, yeah, I see what that guy's doing. He's telling a story about his baloney. He's resisting or he's attached to something. Learning to catch yourself. These are all some things you can try. Don't forget uh, what, she, what Iris talked about with grieving the loss of a loved one, which is a very serious thing. Learning to write letters and burn them up and send them to the actual uh, people up there after they pass. Lend uh, strategy you can use. So anyway, I hope it's been a good episode for you, Iris. As always, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. And uh, until next episode, this is 100 Words. Have a great week. We will see you next week.